and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So hello folks and welcome to another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward with the esteemed Mr. Graham Jones, the esteemed Anthony Steers, and uh, I'm Simon Hazeldean, just making up the numbers. So this episode is called, Is It Time for Salespeople to Abandon Social Selling and Go Old School? Now, before we start receiving hate mail, from uh, social selling gurus and social selling experts. Um, I will say that we love social selling, but social selling is not the only sort of selling we do. So I was just doing my normal perusing around, finding information on sales and marketing for to, to stimulate our thinking for new episodes. And... Uh, came across um, an article on email oversaturation, right? Which just sounds like we all get too many emails, or do we? So what was really, really, really interesting, that consumers were asked uh, how they preferred to receive marketing correspondence or how they preferred to receive marketing messaging. So I appreciate this is the sales chat show. We're largely talking to a sales audience, although... You know, I think the sooner we do away with the old school sales and marketing thinking, the better it'll be in under revenue generation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and of course, it's B2, it may be B2C data in here mixed with B2B. So let's just take this for what it for what it was. So so the, it surprised me, 67%, more than 67% of, of the people surveyed said they preferred to receive that sort of communication by email. Um, with SMS, text messaging, coming in next. And then, really interestingly, kind of an even split sort of direct mail, social media, and and, and, and phone and phone calls. So uh, phone calls, Anthony, awfully mm-hmm. sorry, was, was relatively low. But you know that, right? Because you, 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 you know the better way to, more intelligent well, I've, I've, way I've to I've got five other categories to hide behind before I need to bother picking <laughs> up the phone and talking to a customer. <laughs> Um, but interesting, you know, social media low, but, and then we were just having a pre-conversation about this direct mail, um, was actually, you know, it looked, by the look of this pie chart, slightly ahead of social media. And I, we were just chatting before we came on air to record the episode and Graham, you said direct mail is increasing. Yeah. Right? So by, by batch for the budgets for direct mail for the, planned by marketers for 2024 are 8% up on what they were spending in 2023, uh, which was up from 2022. Um, So we're seeing direct mail increasing. um, And we're also seeing the response rates on those direct mail increasing. So you can see why marketers want to do it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the response rates from email are, you know, flat at best. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're a marketer, you're more likely to get a response now if you send out direct mail. So and, and probably the reason for that is that because there has been so little direct mail, 
um, it becomes more noticeable. So, yeah. for example, you know, in my post box today, you know, I had a letter from the bank um, offering me yet another 0% credit card, which I don't want. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, a, a catalogue of something or other for something that I'd ordered for my mum. Um, so I think it was some catalogue of wheelchairs or something, you know, and that, that was the only mail. There, there was no other post. Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So it stands out. I can rem- vaguely remember those two things, but it stands out. And so consequently, the response rates do become a bit higher. I have probably had loads of emails from the company for the wheelchairs that I've ignored. And I've probably had loads of emails from banks offering me 0% credit cards that I've ignored. Um, but I've noticed those that came through the post. That's the, the yeah. issue. I'm, I'm not in the market for a 0% credit card. I'm not in the market for a wheelchair just yet. Um, so um, I'm not going to bother with them, but at least I've noticed them. That's the crucial thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a couple of other interesting comments on this uh, on this article from uh, salesforceben.com that um, other channels like social media, not email, they're not owned by your company, which means that algorithms can change, policies can change, things. You know, I know we've seen, you know, uh, colleagues, and we are also very active on LinkedIn with posts and things, and you'll, you'll sort of see the number of views drop because there's been some sort of algorithm change. But email, you own you own the customer's email. It's yours. You've got it. It's in it's in your system. So I think that that is advantageous. Uh, to, to, in the interest of balance, sounding like the BBC, right? We're making sure we're they're making sure we're balanced. <laughs> the data also said that the average person consumers have two thousand six hundred unread emails in their inbox. So I think that that has to be borne in mind as as well so can i jump in here and say so how i'm reading between the lines here is the reason that 67 percent of people prefer to receive marketing messages on email is because it's the easiest place to ignore it and leave yep. it that is that is that is also that is also very much a possibility right and it's i think about managing know, it isn't it yeah yeah so it's a means of managing the information because you can't say really don't put a leaflet through my letterbox i know you might have a, a thing on your door saying you know oh, no unsolicited no unsolicited mail but people ignore that and just shove it through your letterbox anyway and so um they're quite pointless signs really <laughs> but, yeah. but you can you can you can choose to ignore email by leaving it as one of 2600 but actually what that tells us is that people are using a tool to try and organize things and then not using the organization tools within the tool to organize things. So actually it's making things worse for them rather than better because they could create all kinds of filters and, and things, but people don't know how to use email. So that's a, that's a a problem. You know, they've not been trained and how to set up filters and so on. And they would have an, you know, this inbox zero um, and then they would need to, not worry they would not have to worry about the uh, marketing emails and i think we will all get like these conflicting data and conflicting opinions or conflicting assumptions about things and we've spoken about this when we did an episode on prospecting right 
you do not know how Fred blogs or Fred Frederica blogs is going to respond. You don't know them well enough to know if they're going to, they're going to love the fact that Anthony's phoned them, or they're going to love the fact that Anthony's emailed them, or they're going to love the fact he's put a great post on LinkedIn that they've interacted with and Anthony follows up, or they're going to love the fact he sends them something in the post or whatever it is. Right. We don't know. So the point is, Try these things, test these things. If you can't get to a prospect one way, don't give up. I mean, keep trying. We just recorded another episode, you know, seven phone calls or seven approaches sometimes to get the customer to respond. So keep going. But as well, try a different route in. Mm-hmm. Try to get referred to them. Send them something. Send them a book. Send them a, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Try, if you haven't tried it, try it, because it might work. I mean, it's an old adage from NLP, which Graham will tell you, neuro-linguistic programming, or not like psychology, as I think Graham likes to refer to it. You know, one of the one of the useful um, lessons was, if what you're doing isn't working, do anything else. That's what yeah. it was, was, you know. So yeah, yeah. if I've phoned 15 times and I'm not responding, don't phone again. Send them something. Do yeah. something different and see yeah. if you get a better. That's why marketeers, by the way, because mm-hmm. they're de- the good ones are very data driven. They split test everything, mm-hmm. and as soon as they get something working, they call that the control. Mm-hmm. They do an A B split and they see if they can beat yeah. the control. Right, Graham, you would know all about this. You'll talk to your business study students about this all the time, right? They marketeers, they don't make assumptions. They test. And that's that's the difference. And I think you know we'll go. Oh, my customers, my customers don't like don't like that. How do you know? Unless it's come out of the customer's mouth. One customer might have said, "Don't send me emails, please phone me." Yeah. But another customer might not want to be phoned and would rather have a message on LinkedIn as a direct message to them. Yeah. So it's not about you know one is better than the other or. Because one customer has said, don't phone me, you should never phone any customers. It's about working out what is the best method of communication for each individual customer. Because yeah. it's it's different to what it used to be in the olden days when all you had was a letter in the post or a phone call, and that was it. Yeah. Um, whereas now you've got an endless array of different social media outlets and activities to do. You've got email, you've got phone calls, you've got text messages. So people are choosing to allocate a different communication channel to the kind of information that they would like to receive on it, which is why you've got on this research that you're mentioning, Simon, is the fact that social media is quite low. Well, that's because people want it to be social. They want it to be just a communication with friends. They don't want interrupting by some salesperson trying to get them to buy something. So they will say, if you want to sell me something, send me an email, Um, which is them saying, don't interrupt me. I'll deal with that in the way I want to deal with it. And Anthony, I'm very interested to uh, to 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 get your thoughts on this because uh, you're the telephone specialist, right? But I mean, actually, you're a sales specialist, but you're within that. Your subset is is telephone because you know that's yep. that's the thing you're best you're best known for. But you probably don't just use the telephone, right? I know that I know you're you're, no, you're exceptionally good with the telephone, so you get the very best results because you're highly skilled, right? But yeah, so. Um, obviously, I'm particularly effective with the telephone and I'm quite good and persistent at getting through to people and I and I address it with great manners and respect for their time. So mm. I give them easy outs to get out of the conversation. But like Graham was saying, 
I'll often in a first conversation kind of go, so if we were to swap information, what? how do you prefer me to do this? Because once I know that they don't mind me sending them a WhatsApp or they prefer me to send a direct message on LinkedIn, then I know that it's okay to kind of yeah. go for that channel and the chances of them seeing it is much higher. Mm. The chance of them responding is higher, but you do need that marketing mix. And um, I suppose one of the examples I often give about prospecting is local takeaways and, and pizza companies, right? They still put, menus through our letterbox now let's be honest with you they've all, most of them have got an app now their, their own app they've also got their own e-commerce website that you could go and buy order their pizzas from and they've got a third party either a deliveroo or an uber eats or somebody else who you can order it from as well but they still keep dropping off those menus um yeah. because they know that their competitors do because it gives them a chance to then usually advertise some time-restricted special offers so it's usually done to create a bit of urgency it can help them to promote um times where they've got much bigger capacity so i don't eat that much pizza but one of the pizza companies out there did a two for tuesday well funnily enough tuesday is the the day of the week where hardly anybody orders takeaways and they they picked the day that is their quietest to do this special offer and they sell lots of pizzas on those days um so i think it's just having that mix but also understanding um when you do engage with those clients what is their preference um because Mm -hmm. yeah like i say it's if you sent if you sent 20 emails and they haven't responded i would try something new um and it was interesting with the the direct mail piece that lumpy mail what you was taken a bit of a was taken off a little a few years back before kind of COVID and stuff, and then it sort of came back again during COVID because people were having to send stuff out. Um, and one of my questions is: Is direct mail getting better because it can be done um, a bit more eco friendly now? So re- with recyclable type mm. of products, so you're not killing loads of trees and doing it and a negative association with your campaign is it down to the fact that we can now get much lower volumes or better quality of merchandising and branded stuff that we can give people who doesn't go to an expo and come out with three different pens or or a stress ball I mean, lumpy mail, by, <laughs> by the way, uh, lump, lumpy mail, just in case anybody's not familiar with the term, is they'll put something in, in an envelope or in a package that, that is obviously not just a letter. There's something mm. physical or something bulky or unusual. We had a, a colleague of ours, his company used to send out little rubber ducks that would go in the bath, right? That was their little, and, you mm. know, people unwrap that, right? That stands out, right? So, but but, but I, I see a fair bit of direct mail that gets to me. There's only one page. But in it, there's a there's a website address, or there's something yeah. where you can have a QR code. So QR, they say, yeah. you know, so there's lots of ways to use the combination of technology. You can actually get the customer onto your website through mm-hmm. direct mail. I've seen a number of internet marketeers do that. It's obviously a very very cheap mailing. It's one it's one piece of A4 paper, or even postcards. Mm-hmm. Which is which is another way of you know, experiment, right? Try test. I mean, I love Anthony's analogy; it's fantastic. How do pizza companies get your order? Any single way they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So they really don't. They really so don't care. I'll get. I'll get off my arrives. my soapbox after this particular phrase. Marketing messages can be broadcasted via email. Okay. Sales emails, personally, my view is a sales email should create a paper trail of the conversation that you've already had with your prospect. Mm. 
don't try and have the conversation through email because you won't get any response or they'll only answer two of your three questions and they'll make you wait a week before they respond. Um, so I think for marketing, absolutely, email is a great tool and you can spam, I mean, uh, approach a thousand people with mm. just a few clicks. Whereas in sales, you want engagement from the from yeah. the audience and you want to move them through your pipeline. So I think that where the boundary of sales comes in is you should start to use email then to create the paper trail of the conversations or to transfer that extra information that that should be transferred on an email. So if I was selling Graham a product and I could say, well, Graham, let me send you the spec over. That's a fantastic use of using email. Whereas if I just email him a hundred times going, Graham, you want to buy this? You should look at this, look at read these features and benefits. He's just going to ignore it so many times that he's going to tune me out or I'm going to form this negative association with him. So I'll get off my soapbox now. No, no. It's the right place to be because <laughs> you're absolutely right that, you know, you should have this pathway that you're taking your customer through. Uh, to the eventual sale but mm. that pathway doesn't necessarily have to be email if you've had a phone conversation with them and you've just established that actually they would rather do it via linkedin direct messages then yeah. that's what you do rather than an email and your paper trail is through the, the mm. those messages but that means that what you need is a crm system and in your crm system <laughs> you've got locked into it the different ways that people want you to communicate because if if I'm the kind of person who wants the sale recorded through a series of emails, then that's what you do. Whereas if I'm the person who wants it to come to me via the post, then that's what you do. Um, and that should be in your CRM system. Mm -hmm. And the more you've got that kind of data, we didn't have to, as I said earlier, we didn't have to do this years ago because you only had the post. Yeah, yeah, if you're recording your phone conversations and you're recording the details of the offer, all you had to do, all you had was to post it to them. Yeah. Whereas now you've got so many options that people are allocating different ways of thinking themselves. Right. And so we need to store that in our CRM system so that we can respond in the most appropriate way to each individual customer. And it is... Um... <clears throat> I mean, yes, you've you know, and CRM usage is 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 improving in most organisations. That will be the topic of seventy five different uh, sales chat show episodes, probably about <clears throat> CRM utilisation because it's such a fantastic tool for the modern uh, sales professional, revenue generation professional. It goes beyond just sales. Um, but Ryan Dias, interesting answer. You're talking about conversation. The American marketeer, great expression. Conversation is the new sales lead. Right, or conversation is the new lead, I think he says. Yeah, we're trying to get people in conversations. How we trigger those conversations doesn't yeah. really matter, but we've got to get those conversations started. And then, mm -hmm. and, and so yeah. I would just say to all the folks, if you've tried something and it's a very key prospect and you really would like to engage or suspect that you want to turn into a prospect and you've tried the calls, try email. You've tried the emails, try calls. You've okay. tried LinkedIn pick up the telephone, have a look in their LinkedIn profile, see if their number's in there. It might even, they might even have their telephone number in there, in yeah. their contact details. Give it a go. Yeah. You, you and know, you and to know. kind of back up the fact that we're not here to say, don't do social selling. No. Using platforms like LinkedIn, I understand it's a social media platform, but it's a professional platform, I would say. Um, and I got, I've got a lot of clients who actually use, use LinkedIn to break the ice. 
They don't try and sell. They don't send paragraphs of messages and long pitches. They just do a, hey, hey, Simon, uh, would really love to connect. I notice you're connected with a few of our clients. At some point, we'd love to have a chat. But in the meantime, just thought we should connect on here so you can check me out. Okay. I think social selling is actually it's slightly contradictory because my understanding as I was you know, taught and educated by somebody who mentored me was you don't do the selling on the social media. You make the connection, the conversation and get them offline mm. and have the conversation. Happy to be shot down by any social selling. Oh, you... Feel 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 free to send us your thoughts and ideas and we'll have you on an episode if you've got a different opinion. Let me know. We'll bring you on the show. Uh, yeah. but Technically, you know... so, so social selling is just strategic networking then, right? Is <laughs> possibly is one way is kind of one way. I'm not I, I I am actively involved in it and I don't want anybody mm -hmm. to get the impression that any of us here think it's not a bad idea. We used it as a provocative title for the show. What we're saying, it's not the be all and end all to anything and neither is anything mm -hmm. in any channel. We're going to try all of the different ones. We're going to test, see which works the best for our customers. And then we're going to do more of what works, right? And, and if we've not tried something, you do not know, right? Split test. That's what marketeers do all the time, split test. Then you know rather than you're being psychic, right? And until a psychic wins the lottery, I remain slightly unconvinced about psychic ability, although I have managed an awful lot of psychic salespeople in my time as a sales manager and a sales director who <laughs> I just know the customer's not going to like that, right? <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know you were psychic, uh, you know, <laughs> and they're not. They're, they're not. not. And people <laughs> say to me, you know, that won't work. And I go, how do you know? Well, we know it won't. Well, okay. Yeah. What happens if we give it a try? Give it a try and it works. Oh, okay. Yeah. We just test it, right? We just test it. And there's nothing wrong with being wrong, right? Test it. If it doesn't well, work, at least you know, right? Then you know. Yeah. I've had this conversation with clients where they've said, I've said, I think you should do this. And they go, no, it won't work. And I go, well, let's test it. And they go, well, what if it doesn't work? And I said, well, I know it doesn't work then. Yeah, then I know that my thought was wrong. Yeah? Yeah. Until I've tested it, I don't know. Yeah, so I have to test it. Uh, absolutely, it's uh, you know it's uh, and and I, I was interviewed, Anthony. I think you're on the show, uh, Full Funnel Freedom podcast. Hi Hamish, shout out for Hamish, great great podcast, Full Funnel Freedom. And uh, we were having a conversation about sort of psychic salespeople in inverted commas, Ooh. and Hamish said his his comment was, until it comes out of the customer's mouth, you do not know. Yeah, right. So, how, Anthony, you're saying, how would you like to receive? Ooh. The follow-up communication this way, Anthony. Then Anthony knows rather than Anthony going, mm -hmm. maybe they like it this way. We don't know until it comes out the customer's mouth. Yeah. You don't, you don't know. So Hamish, thank you. Thank you very much for, for that one. Uh we need to just be conscious of our listeners' time, gentlemen. Any last closing thoughts on gosh, omni-channel marketing or whatever, whatever grandiose or omni-channel selling, whatever phraseology we might like to try to say. I was going to gonna say that, 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 that even though the conversation started with the marketing angle of all this um, and that direct mail is increasing because it now stands out compared with email and other things, uh, I am about to go off and now invest in shares in a company that makes fax machines because I'm predicting that these will come back as people realise that that's the way to make a marketing message stand out. And I always thought you were very research and data-driven, Graham. So, um, no, is I'm, this, just is this like... I'm just doing an experiment. 
<laughs> to see a fax machine yeah. is is like sounds slightly more speculative even than maybe well, could you imagine if every time you got an email simon somebody in the corner of the office started screaming really high pitched and, <laughs> and flapping some paper at you you'd probably go <laughs> <really> <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> my uh, my son is my son is now uh what is he now 20 28 27 28 and uh as a as a, a very young chap um actually managed to destroy my company's fax machine that they that I had in our dining room at home. He picked up the telephone. It was about a little toddler, picked up the t- telephone on the fax machine, thought it was funny, ran off. Uh, and oh, when the telephone cord reached its full extension, the fax machine followed him and smashed and didn't work. And I, I had to phone up the IT department and say that it had just stopped working for some unknown, for some unknown reason. So that was how I was, that was my high tech sales communication, the fax machine. Yeah. That's, that's how old, that's how old I am. Oh, so like, how sad well, is that? Right. Very quickly. I'll just let you into a secret. A friend of mine was a, a radio newsreader for a well-known national uh, media outlet, which I can't possibly tell you who they were. <laughs> but whenever a PR company would ring the newsroom and say, we've got you know this latest news to tell you, uh, they would say, oh, fax it to us. And these PR companies would dutifully fax the information. What nobody knew, other than the people in the newsroom, was that the faxes, uh, the fax machine was positioned right on the edge of the desk with the waste bin immediately and beneath it. So <laughs> they didn't even have to waste their time picking them up to put them in the bin. The fax machine delivered everything direct to the bin. <laughs> That's a, that's a crushing blow to those poor. If only those poor people in PR agencies knew where their press releases were ending, were ending up at the uh, the nameless media organisation. That I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can guess yeah. at. So, well, well I'd say my, my two big takeaways, I think, from from our discussions, really, is to I might get back into some lumpy mail after the stats that uh, Graham yeah. was sharing about direct mail working. Um, I've got some good packaging around my book that usually gets people to. Nice gets one. their attention usually gets people to, to post a picture which is quite nice um and and i suppose i probably should be updating my contact forms to not only gather up some of their contact information but to get people to start to um put their preferences in my in their method of contact because i think a lovely that, idea. i've yeah, got yeah. a feeling that sales guys perhaps may not give up after two or three attempts if they realize the client wants you to send it in this mm-hmm. format and they will respond and yeah, hopefully it will, it will make a bit of a, it give people more confidence in the continued follow up. Try, yeah. I think it's great. That's a great, that's a great idea, folks. So it's pretty much try, try all of the options. Maybe facts. I wouldn't take a run out. Although I'm sure if if Graham comes on another episode with some data about the resurgence of the fax machine, I will be prepared to <laughs> reconsider my position. But at the moment, I'm the faxes as I don't have one is not the first place I'm going to be going, Mister Jones, with the with the greatest of respects. But uh, I, I I'm ready to see the split test wow. of email versus your your fax machine i've I've gone back to the same views as when i was seven about fax machines they're brilliant for making really long pictures so i always remember as a kid you'd get lots of you'd get like a never-ending bit of paper that came out it was amazing you could draw the longest pictures in the world (laughs) only on the sales chat show could you listen to an episode one month on the cutting edge of ai and how the technology is revolutionizing the sales process 
and then I log on to another episode and we're talking about fax machines. So <laughs> don't tell us we don't have a diverse range of topics <laughs> on, on the sales chat show. Uh, there are, ready for this link, guys, ready for this. Yeah, this is go. good. This is good. There are another diverse 300 episodes of Sales Chat Show in our back catalogue available for where, wherever you get your sales chat show. The fax machine doesn't appear in any of them, uh, just <laughs> just, just to let you know. Uh, and please do subscribe. You'll be notified on a, uh, on a regular basis of new episodes as they are released. And I'm sure Graham will be updating us on the resurgence of the uh, fax machine as a key method of sales communication. In the meantime, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling, no matter how you'd get to your customers. Let's get to your customers. Find about find out how they best prefer to be contacted and go get those sales, folks. So thank you very much for listening to this episode. We would like to wish you until next time, good luck and good selling, folks. You have been listening to an episode of The Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at The Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 